Hello, people. We are back. And with another podcast, I'm Trevor. And I'm Matthew. And we are the Movie Movie Brothers. Brothers. (laughs) So welcome back to our podcast. Hope you enjoyed the first one. Um, Like I said, each week is going to be a different theme. And this theme, the theme for this week is going to be... Science fiction. Yes. Some of the best stuff. So today, um, like I said, I didn't get any prayer requests from the last um, podcast we did, but we'll still take prayer requests even on this one. It does, you know, send us to them on SoundCloud or anything, and we will pray for you. And But for right now, let's pray over this. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you have given us. We ask that you lead and guide and direct us in our lives as we as we continue on throughout the day so let us do well in college and let everyone else that's listening to this enjoy our podcast once more in jesus my name i pray amen amen so with this the theme of the week like i said is going to be is going to be science fiction we have chosen a good movie and a bad and bad ones and we're going to we're going to talk about each one of them so the first film we're going to talk about is going to be the bad movies the first film I picked out is Terminator Genesis. Ugh. Yeah, you've heard about that. Ugh. When I read about it, read about how it was and all, I had promises maybe for the trailer at first, but then when I saw the further and more of the trailer, and then when I heard what they did to uh, the main, who the main villain was, I was like, who the heck was was hired to write that movie? I know, right? Because I was re- I wa- my friend invited me to watch it because you know I wanted to be nice, so I watched it. After a while, it didn't sit well with me. So, let me get to the basic characters and plot of this movie. Basically, if you ever saw the ending of the first... If you ever saw... Basically, it is a reimagining of the first Terminator movie. The very first one. Mm. And they shouldn't have done... It's like a retell. All of them, actually. Yeah, basically. Because the whole time travel thing really screwed up. uh, Screwed up everything. So, basically, at the ending of the Terminator... We actually see John Connor and his resistance force... Go into the time machine, and well, there's a twist. The main guy that you know, Kyle Reese, who is what who is act who is played by Jay Courtney, you know, he goes back and if you've seen the first movie, he goes back in the past. He saves Sarah Connor. They have John Connor, yada yada, but something different happens in the in this twist. John Connor, we see John Connor get killed by a. By a Terminator. That's kind of shocking from the first movie. We never. Yeah. I mean, and then when he when Kyle goes back in time, Sarah Connor is waiting for him. Ba- yeah, he's class. waiting for him, and also a T one thousand, a T one thousand, which if you've seen the second Terminator movie, is the Liquid Terminator. But luckily, we have the original Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, T eight hundred, if you would say, or and. Yep, his nickname is Pops in this, and after they basically kill the term, kill the T one thousand with acid rain, Sarah wants to go wants to travel to nineteen ninety seven to stop Skynet, Terminator three, but Kyle can but since this whole timeline is now messed up, the Kyle wants to go into twenty seventeen this year and see what happens, and we find out what happens. We now know that Skynet is now called, well, a precursor to Skynet, Genesis. You want to know what Genesis is, Matt? Basically picture like a global kind of internet system in a sense that's taken over. 
And Pops is there again, but he's a little bit older, as you know, as you would figure. But once they meet up with Pops and they get together, together, Pops basically explains everything. And then we see John come and save them from Pops. And you can reveal what happens next. Guess what's revealed? They turn John Connor into a Terminator. I don't know why they did that. That's kind of defeating the purpose of John Connor being the human resistance leader. Why would they do that? How did they do that? I don't know. But if but at the remember at the beginning of the movie we see John getting killed. Well, that was a Terminator T three thousand infecting John infecting John with Nanomex. And now it's basically they have to go and once again stop Skynet or in this case Genesis, while Pops and Pops and John fight it out. Yeah. But unfortunately, they they do beat him. And one of the best parts I thought was cool, <laughs> one of the only cool moments, um, Arnold the T eight hundred gets an upgrade. Oh. He now has the liquid metal, so he can make blades and all that. Eh. I mean, it's not too much, but then, but then at the end of the movie, Skynet, the real Skynet's underground. So it's like setting up another movie, but it didn't. Was I don't think it's going to happen. Do you think it's going to happen? No, I do not. In fact, what they really just need to do is just, I think at this rate, reset it and all, and just like, this time, just, in fact, better yet, ignore everything and just end it all in the future, really, right now and all. If they ever really do want to end it, it's got to be on a, on a decisive note. Nothing else. I completely agree with that. One of the things that, for me, make this movie bad was the rebooting of the entire uh-huh. Terminator franchise. Yeah. They shouldn't have done that. Or if they did it, do it in a smart way. Because the whole plot of this movie was confusing. Time travel can be, in, can be done right. Yeah. In fact... They pretty much, like, had said the whole time travel thing with, like, Terminator 3. Because even though Terminator 3 had its issues, the ending was certainly quite a shocker. It was. Then then Terminator Salvation came, and that wasn't very much as much better and all, but... At least I like the fact that it didn't go back in the past. It, this time was in the future and all. We got to see what the future was but like. But then this one came up, and now, uh, just... It went back in the past and screwed things up. Yeah. It should have been the end game, I think, you know? I agree as well, because it's like, it should have just been... But one of the things I will give the... What was it? Alone Before Us Terminator Salvation? One of the things I did like was we got to see different versions of, like, the Terminators and, like, the robots and all that. How Skynet is basically smart enough to try and kill the human resistance. With all its nanomechs, with all the machines. Now, how can it be improved? Well, for me... You can keep the time travel, but do it in a different way. Do you know? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. And all. Hmm. But I like. I also like the fractured timeline. Like I like that, but it was so confusing. Mm-hmm. Like you got lost in it, and so make that less confusing. And one of the main things, Genesis, get rid of it. Keep Skynet, Skynet. But, but. Have it that they think, oh, Skynet's going to help us all, like they did in the Terminator 3. Make it seem like it's going to be, it's a good idea, and that every computer is linked to it. Make Skynet, Skynet, but have them be fooled by it. Mm-hmm. But, in a, but in a larger scale. Also, please, please update 
T eight hundred a little bit because it's just the same. It's just the same robot. Yeah, it's just the same Terminator. But I will say Arnold did give a great did do did give a great job. Of, he really really reprised this role. And once again, less confusion and just make it a straightforward movie. Straightforward. Just the decisive ending. We make the decisive ending. And now that I've finished my sci-fi portion with all the robots, it's now time to move on to Matt's movie. Yeah. This this my bad movie though, however, is unique is rather kind of quite unique. It's actually rather a, a very very good movie, but I consider it a bad movie for very good reasons why. Mm-hmm. You guys very likely have heard of uh, Blade Runner, I no doubt. The new, this new movie yeah. coming out. This is the new movie that uh, in all, like, Blade Runner 2049, made by Denis Villeneuve. I know, well, French-Canadian, don't know how to pronounce it very well. Just say, just say Dennis V, how about just, that? Yeah, just Dennis V, mm-hmm. the, the director of, uh, of Arrival and Sicario. Never heard of that movie. Yeah. Sicario is like a, um, it's a um, crime drama and all. It takes place, uh, like, cross-border and all, like, it's another shop. I get it, I get it, okay. Moving on. So the synopsis is, um, Officer K, played by Ryan Gosling, Ooh. a new Blade Runner for the Los Angeles Police Department, unearths a long-buried secret that has the potential to plunge what's left of society into chaos. Hmm. His discovery leads him on a quest to find Rick Deckard, played by Harrison Ford. Oh, nice. A former Blade Runner who's been missing for 30 years. Can you... Now, to explain you to the context. Here we go. You see, Blade Runner is about these um, bioengineered robots called replicants. They're basically humans that are made by corporations and all that are, well, not like, like... Like, uh, as in robots, as in, like, they're metal and all. They're literally bioengineered where they have memories, have emotions and all, but they hmm. can o- they only live for about four years and all. Oh, wow. And Blade Runners are basically officers that are meant to enforce, like, uh, the law whenever, like, rogue uh, replicants come to Earth. Gotcha. They're, they are tasked with hunting down replicants. As it was in the first film, like Harrison Ford or Rick Deckard played a Blade Runner who was hunting down four rogue ones that were coming home, oh, coming okay. to Earth to try and find a way to extend their life. Mm-hmm. In this film, though, 30 years later, Officer K manages to discover that discover this long buried secret is of a uh, replicant that uh, give gave birth to a baby. What? Yeah. Okay, that's actually... Wow. Yeah. So tell me, Matt, why do you think this movie is listed as a bad movie for you? Oh, don't get me wrong about Blade Runner 1 and Blade Runner 2049. They are beautiful films. I mean, they're the pioneering, like... uh, they're the pioneering films of like um, sci-fi detective neo noir, which oh, is nice. their amazing uh, world building and the cityscapes and the soundtrack. But the one pitfall that comes in is ultimately that they are that they rely so too much upon just the style and cinematography and the art and CGI. So they're relying more on like the visuals instead of like a good story in a sense. Oh, it's a good story, but ultimately writing. Ah, like, gotcha, they, gotcha. The stories were good, but. The right the the writing speed of the dialogue just it felt slow. Where characters when they speak, they say dialogue that's hard to understand. Where you're trying to like say what's going on, 
Gotcha. Or and then when they and when they try to speak, like when one person says this, a few minutes pass, and the next person says something. It's like saying, "They'll say something. Come I, on." <laughs> I get it because it's like they'll say one thing and they'll be like, Dip. "Okay, this is what I'm going to say now." I get it. I get it. Just overall, the director kind of just really like was focused too much upon artsiness and just being too like smart and all for this film because it's probably one of those films that requires you to really like watch it twice or really pay attention gotcha and uh here's a little advice watch both films with subtitles on trust me it's very handy to be able to follow along in the film yeah it kind of gets annoying when some movies are just like um they have the dialogue but you can't hear or understand it with everything else going on it kind of does get annoying. So overall, I consider it a film that deserves its high Rotten Tomatoes score, but it's also overrated because of the uh, flaws it has. What what can make it better is ultimately that Dennis is one of those films, like I said, that just treats film as an art, which mm-hmm. is why critics really love his films, as is shown with Arrival and Sicario. Even though I, I haven't, gotcha. even though I haven't seen those films, but I can mm-hmm. tell they're good. Mm. But he needs to have writers who can write a script with dialogue that's easier to follow and just has the story at a much more, like, a better pace where we can actually follow along. Mm-hmm. And he's, he'll get that chance in his next project, Dune. The one thing I, like you pointed out, is like with art, it's like some films, Archie has like art projects, but it's like you said, with a movie like that, unless it's like a exper- experimental film, it should have been like straightforward. Here's what it's about, and build up the dialogue. So I get what you mean. I get what you mean, Matt. Yeah. All right. So now that we got the bad ones out of the way, are you happy and excited for the good ones? Yep. This is gonna be great because my first, the first good movie I picked out was a really good one, and it's the and it's the original one, RoboCop. The movie is really good. I find it like you get involved with the character a lot. The um, Murphy, he. Let me get to the plot first before we get into anything else. Mm-hmm. When did De- when Detroit has become crime ridden, the cops bought out by a huge corporation called Omnicorp, which is like they are buying out everything and they want to control everything. In a sense, everything is basically in chaos. Kind of like Wayland Utani almost. Just like Wayland Utani, yes. And it's just everything is destroyed, decimated. Um. So, but they, but. They are going to try to reveal a new kind of law enforcement thing called the Ed 209. But as impressive as it was, it had this deadly glitch. A guy was holding up a gun. He threw the gun away. Ed 209 still thought he had the gun and shot him dead. So there's that problem. So basically what they're trying to think of is how are we going to get, how are we going to get a good kind of cop system going on? Well, as we're going to find out, Murphy, played by Pete Weller, is transferred into this de- police department. He gets to know his partner, Ann Lewis, Nancy Ellen, and then a crime is under progress with a, with a huge gang that's going to be a very pivotal point in, that, in this movie. Bobby Leon, Bobby Leon Nash, uh, played by Ray Wise, uh, Joe Cox, Jesse, by, played by Jesse D. Gons, Steve Min, played by Calvin Jung, and their getaway driver, M.L. Antowalski, played by Paul McCrane. This is the gang that's going to help make Murphy into RoboCop. So they track them down to a facility where, unfortunately, an in- 
I cannot believe this guy survived. They basically pinned Murphy down, shot his arm up point blank with a shotgun. And then they basically lit him up with multiple shotgun shots. And it wasn't like far away shots. It, it was, was like up, up, the, up close and dangerous. And you saw him. everything blown off of him. And it was amazing how he was survive. But luckily, with Omnicorp, they rescue him, bring him back to the police station, and they make him into RoboCop, the ultimate law enforcement pers- <laughs> machine. He has th- that's fall three rules though. He's got to serve public trust, protect the innocent, and uphold the law, as well as a secret fourth law. Oh. But as we go on, we see RoboCop is effective and apprehends a lot of the villains and a lot of the bad guys in this film, except for the main gang leader, because we find out that the leader of Omnicorp is working with that leader, with that gang leader. Really. Yeah, and RoboCop has a fourth... If I remember correctly, that's what happens. And RoboCop has a fourth... I think I'm seeing what's going on here. Let me guess. The gang was was tasked by Omnicorp to, oh, no. to kill him. Oh, no. They were just working with him. And in a sense, in the he has the fourth law. He's got to obey officials from Omnicorp. Of course. And guess who? guess who's the evil guy? The one of the main leaders, Omnicorp. So, mm-hmm. in... The, one, one of the main bad guys is the leader of Omnicorp, basically. Okay. And he is... He's crazy. Let's just put it that way. He is crazy. So, basically, in this movie, Murphy is fighting the machine that is in that he has become. The rules and everything he's set. Well, basically, Murphy soon breaks the protocols that he has. And guess what? He gets rid of the gang leader. And as... Just as... And he... Defeats the Ed 209 because that was supposed to protect the main guy. It didn't work. And finally, he gets the bad guy because the one of the chairman of Omnicorp fires him. Shoots him, and we get we see him dead. And the movie ends with with Eddie with Murphy getting his freedom back. Mm-hmm. And being an almost normal human being, but an upgraded one at that. <laughs> What makes this movie good, in my opinion, is the, the struggle that Murphy has. And you get what I mean. with Like, the man fighting the machine. You know? Mm-hmm. He's got to fight the machine, and he's got to fight Omnicorp's programs. Because it's still a man inside there. There is. The plot twist with Omnicorp was a big one. With the, with the intermingling with the gang leader and the leader of Omnicorp working together. It was... I'm like, no... Characters were good. I loved Murphy, especially his catchphrase, Dead or alive, you're coming with me. That would become the signature Robocop catchphrase. Act, the action in it was spectacular. Murphy, the Robocop suit could have been move, more maneuverable, but due to the bulkiness, you got to understand that it was going to move slower. And the Robo suit itself was amazing. Like I back in like the 1960s or 70s, that was an amazing piece of kind of kind of costume building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was really good, and the actor seemed like he had a lot of free movement. For me, the one thing would be less cursing, but in a dystopian future, I get why they would do that. But honestly, I can't think of anything else besides that because this movie to me was a great movie. And now we move on to the final movie of the night.
In space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> Sorry if you're being creepy. Couldn't resist. Yes. Yeah. My movie, though, however, is uh, not the uh, not the first Alien. It's the second one, Aliens, which I've seen as well, and it's amazing. <laughs> Directed by uh, James Cameron, director of A- of Avatar, Titanic, and uh, the first and second Terminator movies. Mm-hmm. One of the best of all time. Yep. And Aliens is one of his other very good movies. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Originally, Alien was, uh, the first one was directed by Ridley Scott, the, uh, another famous director. But then after about maybe, uh, let's see, in the 70s it came out. Let's see, and Aliens came out in 1986, maybe 10 years, 8 years, I think, later. 10 or 8 about that. Yeah, James Cameron had made Aliens. And, yeah, and the plot. After floating in space for 57 years, Lieutenant Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, Lieutenant Ripley's shuttle is found by a deep space salvage team. Upon arriving at LV-426, the Marines uh, find only one survivor, a nine-year-old girl named Newt, played by Carrie Henn. Mm-hmm. But even these battle-hearted marines, with all the latest weaponry, are no match for the hundreds of aliens that have invaded the colony. It's amazing, because it's like, they tried to convince Ripley at first to help them, but she's been having constant nightmares about the previous experience, and who could blame her? And not to mention that even though she explained what happened on the ship and all, with uh, with the Nostromo, they don't believe her. They think she went crazy about the whole alien thing. And the company, being the company as usual, Weyland Yutani, seizes an opportunity to get new weapons. New weapons, new research. Yay! Yeah. Ultimately, uh, though, really just Alien is a film that really. The first Alien was a film that really just like uh, showed, the, showed the darker side about uh, exploring space. Exactly. Where we with Star Wars, we had the kind of romantic idea, but with the Alien Saga, it shows rather, hold it, don't be so sure, we still don't know what's out there. Yeah, you never know what's out there. In the first Alien, we had the very claustrophobic feeling of just being hunted down by one xenomorph, which you couldn't kill, because if you killed it, you the acid would uh, rip through the hole and suck you guys out into space. Yep. But in this one, there's no such um, reprieve. But even so, that doesn't mean, though, that uh, our heroes are in less danger. Oh, no, they're not. You gotta make sure, <laughs> you gotta make sure the whole facility doesn't blow up. That's, that's one thing I remember. So, we've talked so okay. much good about... But what specifically makes this movie good, Matt? Well, what really made it so good and all is that it's one of those few sequels that manages to outdo the original. Oh, yeah. The original, was, again, was good, but like what really made this so was like how... Not just the good mixture of action and horror, oh, yeah. but also Ellen Ripley's character development, mm-hmm. and truly the uh, it was one of those films that uh, that really may really redefined so many action roles where now women could truly play up to the role of an action heroine. She was awesome in all, and new characters brought in in all, in a good way, in a very smart and good way though. Plus new villains, which is like more aliens, and to put the chair, the ice, the cherry on the top, the final showdown: Ripley versus the Alien Queen. Oh my god! And let me tell you, I wish I could say this uh, line that she says to it to start the fight, but unfortunately, though, it would be bad language. But uh, I can definitely beep it out. Picture this: 
In the moment when you're like the alien queen is like managed to like uh, hitch a ride on your shuttle and and like get into the ship, is about to like uh, kill the the kid that she's uh, adopted as her own daughter. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, out of the uh, the doors comes Ripley in a uh, mech suit, <laughs> stomping towards, then yelling to the uh, immor- and then yelling a challenge to the Eldritch Abomination monster. Get away from her, you punk! Actually, about that, um, about the Alien Queen, if you have, I've watched, like, you know, other Alien movies, in Alien vs. Predator, the first one, they actually, um, James Cameron went on record saying that that was the, supposed to be the size of the actual Alien for back then with this movie. It was supposed to be bigger than what we had, but, you know, we didn't have CGI back then. <laughs> and Is with this, so? yeah. It was supposed to be a lot bigger. Wait, wait, you mean the Predator or what? The Alien? The Alien Queen was supposed to be a lot bigger. Oh, I think it was big enough. <laughs> but they, she, they made it bigger thanks to CGI, and it was pretty terrifying. Yeah. And the best thing, too, about the Alien Queen in this film, it wasn't CGI. It was totally real. Totally practical effects. Practical effects. And it was, re- it was really good practical effects. Didn't see any wires. Yeah. Didn't see any, like yeah. a just. I mean, the final fight pretty much really, really were like Ripley's just like uh, just hitting this like uh, this massive monstrous nightmare with her with the mecha she's brought in this repair mech and all. After the first two hits and all, she like goes, "Come on, come on!" <laughs> and you really can't help but just go, yeah. say it, just say it with her, "Come, come on!" on. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> The whole movie in itself was an action pace and horror based movie, but it was awesome. I think one of the scary mo- one of my favorite moments was "It's game over, man, game over." That's one of my favorite moments. We pay tribute to Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> so many good actors died recently, but it you know age and all that. So how so with all this praise we gave it, how do you think it could be improved, Matt? Oh, there's very little that could improve upon, except for one thing. The sequel should not have been made. Thank you. You know? I mean, the third one could have been better, but it was just so depressing. Like, I get to, maybe that was what they're going for, but they were even filming it before the script was finished. Yeah. And it was just like, you should have waited for the script to be done. It was just depressing. I didn't get even into it. I just wanted to turn it off. Not to mention one big plot hole. How did the Xeno, how did that face hugger get on the ship, you know? Like, yeah. with all the craziness, with the fires, the explosions, the fact that they knew that the whole area, the entire colony was nuked because of the meltdown. Like, I know that, like, those things can crawl in, but just. How? How? It's just not possible. And then, like, with the fourth one, that one, I don't even want to talk about the resurrection. Oh, yeah. That was just a cluster mess of. Why? Because it's just like. I get it. You want to clone Ripley to get the Galleon Queen, but how do you get the question that I'm asking? How do you clone two separate entities? You you get what I mean? Because it's like I get if you wanted to revive the get like the Alien Queen DNA and then revive it like that, but the two but there were two separate entities. It was a parasite and a human host. I mean, the other thing was like they combined the DNA of them both, and it was just like no, it shouldn't have happened. And just, it was just, it was a mess. Hmm. Although one of the, a good moment that was actually seeing the Xenomorph swim. It just shows their adaptability. However, though, the newest Alien movies that came out, Alien Covenant, which we haven't seen yet, and uh, 
probably will only in like daylight and the doors open. Yeah. Does give promise, though I did ex- hopefully expect it to be better reviewed. Still yeah. though. I mean, we the... we have to see it to believe because half the time reviewers can be wrong. Well, with that, that is our sci-fi podcast with out-of-this-world stellar stuff and on-Earth robotic stuff as well. So, our final thoughts about these two movies. Terminator Genesis could have been a lot better or shouldn't have been made entirely. Uh, Robocop, I think the trilogy, the original trilogy was awesome. The remake they did was... Ugh. But it's th- those movies were really good. And as for Blade Runner 2049... Oh, if it uh, if the dialogue had just been better delivered and just better the scenes just a little bit shortened and all, it would have been a better story, like better executed. It was a good story, just needed better execution. Mm-hmm. And of Aliens, oh, Aliens doesn't need any improvements mm-hmm. other than that its sequel should never have been made. So with that, we're going to close with some prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this podcast and thank you for my best friend Matt here. We ask that you lead us and guys direct us throughout the rest of the night. And we thank you for the listeners and viewers and downloaders. And we ask that if anyone has a prayer request, they give it to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. With one last thing, good night and God bless. And we'll see you next week. 